Hi, I'm Nat V, and this is Memoria. Each episode explores a moment in time that shaped a writer's life. Every month we publish flash memoir, which has been adapted into bite-sized audio stories with sound effects and music. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The following story is called Salting the Reaper's Field and it is written and read by Ashvan Jeevan. Here is Ashvan to tell us how he came to write Salting the Reaper's Field. It was more around telling my story and shedding light on the expectations that are on a person of colour, a, a queer person of colour too, and having to decide whether I should live within those expectations or break out and tell my story so that others hear my story and realize that they too can live outside of those compartments and speak the truth because if anything I've learned in telling my story it's that when you speak about the adversities you've been through you actually give the voiceless a voice and sometimes people need to hear you so they themselves can find their voice and that was the inspiration around my piece. I remember the walk from the station to the clinic, my mind, by habit, off on its own, treading through this tangent and that thought. My older brother had not been asked to return for a follow-up, and that had my heart racing, head throbbing with what possibly would be said. I was unsure how I would bear this burden, under the weight of which I would be broken, how I would bear this burden over all the others, I was told constantly were the consequences of my actions. I sat in the waiting room, teeth chattering, gasping for breath between counting down the numbers flashing on the screen next to the TV, running the 7am news at 10, the reporter regurgitating reports of this disaster in this country and that tension between those two parties. The volume turned down low, almost deliberately so you were forced to think and to overthink. The lips of the news anchor mouthing along to the chatter that had become my inner monologue, nagging, gnawing, stop. Three more to go. I tried to regulate the rate at which my chest was pounding with my breathing, but my mind insisted on being heard. Two more to go. Paralyzed with the fear of being found out by my relatives and their friends with their institutionalized beliefs, Sure to inflict their judgments and to spout labels and their reminders and I told you so's. One more to go. It occurred to me then, while dissolving into the rough, patchy, worn-out waiting room seat, on which had sat so many before me, who were delivered the news that shattered further their already broken lives and images of self that had caused them, caused me in the first place to engage in such self-destructive behaviours, that I could run. Zero nine nine. I was met in the doctor's office by file notes staring back at a stern face, tense. HIV happened to me when I turned 21. I say happened like I was not actively involved in acquiring it. Like I was not the one swiping through apps, spending Saturdays, sometimes Sundays, sauna, skipping senselessly, seeking intimacy, really only to be met at underground beats, nestled between shop houses, accessed through dark, dimmed doorways, frequented by the discreet, the lonely, lost. 
I was diagnosed during a mandatory medical checkup that was necessary for the approval of my visa to get to live in Australia. It felt like I had failed my family, like life had failed me, like I had failed myself. I was faced with two choices. One, to choose to wallow way through the pit into which I had been cast, or the other, to seek support. I turned 29 recently. What used to be a death sentence disease is now a chronic manageable illness. I take one pill a day, treatment as prevention, TASP, that suppresses the virus to the point of undetectability. Undetectable means untransmissible, and untransmissible means I cannot pass it on. But this was able because of testing. Test, know your status, treat. In reflecting over the eight years that have passed since being diagnosed, I remember coming out to my grandmother about my status right before I turned 28, that I am undetectable. I explained to her the effectiveness of treatment and the unlikelihood of being dragged to an early grave by the Grim Reaper. I remember being told that I was the kind to rise out of any adversity. What adversity? Ashvin, what are you working on at the moment? I am currently working on nothing. <laughs> I have this habit of making notes when I have ideas and only following up with them when there's a necessity. I, I usually write for assignments and assessments and I am trying to get better with being a writer for myself. My favorite place to write is usually on the toilet on my phone. <laughs> Um, the notes app on the iPhone is godsend. My writing goal for 2019 is to actually get work done. <laughs> it's to actually sit and write and to share my writing. Um, I think when you're a writer, you tend to get used to your voice. And so you, when you get used to your voice, you forget how good or how bad it is. And you are constantly in a space of doubt. And so that sort of cripples me to a degree to not share my writing. So one of my goals for 2019 would be to share my writing with people, however good or bad, and just see how people react to it. What writing or books inspire you? I am very much inspired by Indian writers. One in particular is R.K. Narayan. He's no longer alive and he very much was an Indian man who was brought up through a period of colonization and writes very much these village love stories between man and woman and someone always end, ends up dying but very human writing and the language is always familiar because he seems to be able to merge the local language with actual English and come up with these masterpieces and transport you to these locations that just I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> I am currently trying to finish Confessions of a Mask by Mishima. The novel very much explores this theme of a man in Japan during a time period where homosexuality is not allowed, and but yet he still goes through those experiences, and I think it, it sort of exposes that just because there are laws or beliefs that try to restrict people, that eventually human as always prevails, and that kind of always puts me in a good headspace to know that there are rebels out there that <laughs> do whatever they want. Memoria was written and produced by me, Nat V. Salting the Reaper's Field was written and read by Ashvan Jivan. 
Each episode is illustrated by Peter Manning. The story segment was edited by Jen Farrow. Music in this episode is by The Blue Dot Sessions. Memoria comes to you each month. You can listen to our previous episodes or see a schedule of our upcoming episodes on memoriapodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any good podcasting platform. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support our work. It takes a team of three to put each episode together. A number of days go into selecting, recording, sourcing sound effects, editing, illustrating and publishing each episode. We prefer not to use ads, so please go to our website, memoriapodcast.com, to make a one-off donation or visit our Patreon page. And if you love the show, please leave us a review. Each like or rating is important to us and helps us spread the word. Until next time.